We can do opacity and occlusive. <laughs> Is that a word? Uh, Sometimes Joey makes up words. Welcome back. We are in episode four, the thir- turkey episode. Thanksgiving episode. Wait, is your question turkey themed? Well, it's not about turkeys, but it has something cooking related, maybe. Why would I know about cooking related stuff? I mean, you should know this. This is I Should Know This with Joey and Ellie, where we quiz each other on stuff we should know and then fact check it at the end. And it's supposed to be entertaining and mostly educating at the end with the fact check. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't want to leave you with the wrong facts. And all the details of our fact checks will be in the description below. Show notes. And you can look them up there. And then you can also... I meant to look up if anybody filled out the Google form. We also have a Google form that you can fill out (laughs) where you can give us topics (laughs) and feedback. So use that. We'll check it next time. I promise. Ellie promises. Should I check it now? No. Okay. Let's just get into it. Did you just read the topic list I had? No, I can't read that far away. Plus it was at an angle. Okay. We keep our topics secret from each other until (laughs) they get divulged. Who goes first? Rock, paper. No, who went first last time? I don't know. I think that I went first last time. You asked me about eggs. Yeah. Okay. So I go first? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So Uh. I ask you the question first. Okay. What? No. Oh, no. Yeah, because you asked me about motors first. Oh, okay. Right? I'm sweating bullets right now. Okay. Well, then you'll be fine after. Um. (laughs) All right. What I want to know is why is milk white oh this one's easy oh okay we want me to ask you a different one no let me explain it because nobody knows the answer okay so this one so this goes back to professor adagali which is my chemical dynamics professor instrument analysis this was junior year of college which was when i was 42 (laughs) i'm not even 40 yet for the record but uh (laughs) He asked us these simple topics, and one of them was, why does milk look white? And he said, my sixth grade kid knows this, but he's also a genius, and his kids are even smarter. So That's what he said? Well, he said, my sixth grade kid knows this. And then he said, but he's a genius? No. And then he said, so you guys should know this. He's like, this is basic science. And then someone also said this, so I work in the, the chemical industry, Sounds super technical, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I, someone brought this up in a seminar and they said, why is milk white? And I said, it's because of refraction. It has a different refractive index. Therefore, it looks more opaque than uh, water does. Um, it's basically the, the refraction. So it's like when you put a pen into water and you see that the pen kind of shifts when you look at it from a straight line. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So there's like different refractive indexes for different liquids. So if you put that same pen in canola oil, it's not going to look so far away from where the pen is going into the water from the air. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I guess the difference is that there's, it feels like there's maximum refraction or reflection. Because if you were to put a pen in milk, you would not even see it anymore. Well, yeah. So, so I feel like it must be a combination of things. Yeah, so the refractive index of milk is so high that it looks white and that's why you get that white appearance i guess um it's not really 
It doesn't people, have anything to do with like the protein and the fact that there's more in milk. I was going to say, there's definitely been, and I mean, we're going to do some fact checking on this. What I remember is that the proteins don't play as much of a role as you think it would because, you know, if you had 100% proteins in there, you would obviously get complete occlusivity. You wouldn't be able to see through it. I don't... Occlusivity? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's opposite of transparency or opaque... 100% opaque. Okay. Opaque is where you can't see through it as well. Yeah. Um. But isn't that called opacity? Well, there's... Okay. We can <laughs> We can do opacity and occlusivity. <laughs> is that a word? Uh, Google. Sometimes Joey makes up words. No. I'm, I'm well read and... Well, science may be well read. We're going to fact check that too. Is that a word? Okay. So I guess... That implies that every single liquid has um, refraction. Yes. And then I guess my other question, my follow-up question would be, why is it looking white versus like orange juice, which is yellow? And is the yellowness from orange juice happening because of the refraction as well? No. So that's going to be definitely more of the, the wavelengths that it's reflecting, you know, so when you... Because isn't white when it reflects everything and black is when it absorbs absorbs everything? Yeah, so... So black water. Black water. (laughs) That that exists. Remember we had that? Yeah. What did I have in there? It was some acid. No, it was was super basic. Oh, I thought it was an acid. No, I remember it being like, this is good for you. I think it had charcoal in it. No way. It was... We'll, we'll look it up. We'll find out what that was. Oh, God. We've jumped all over the place already. We have. But okay. Go back so, to milk. Yeah, I was going to go back to milk. And I was going to say, when you look at 2% versus whole milk, you're going to get a different uh, opacity to it. You're going to have a different... Because of the fat content? Or just because there's more water? Yeah. Oh, so you're basically... Milk is kind of like an emulsion because there's water. And then, it, you know, it's mostly water. If it's skim milk, it's 100% water. But then when you have 2%, 5%, 10%, whatever whole milk ends up being, mm-hmm. that's basically an emulsion. Whole milk is 3.25%. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So then skim milk is 2% and that's it? Mm, no, skim milk is 0%, 1%, 2%, and then whole. It's and whole is 3.25. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when you look at uh, milk, it's an emulsion, right? So you have oil trapped into the water. So that's what's giving you that. Milk has oil in it? Yeah, what do you think the fats are? Fats are oil. Or oil can be fats. Fats aren't always oils. But that's another topic. Whoa, wait, repeat that? So not all fats are oils, but all oils are fat. Is that right? So there are fats that are not oils. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) you sound really, really sure of yourself. Well, I mean, I'm put on the spot. And again, I'm not a food scientist. So why do you keep asking me these food science questions? Um... Because I, you had told me why milk was white previously, and I guess I had remembered it being like the fat and the protein and everything, but... Yeah, so it's definitely, it's definitely the emulsion that causes that higher refractive index. I think you need to explain what an emulsion is. So an emulsion is basically when you take oil and you blend it with water so that it's evenly distributed across the board. So, so it's does that one mean that milk could separate? Yeah, I think when, you know, if you let it sit out long enough, it'll separate. All emulsions eventually separate. It's just a question of how well they're stabilized, held together. But mayonnaise, right? That's an emulsion. Mm-hmm. You're mixing like 
egg and water and whatever else you're mixing. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I think you answered my question fully. Good. The whole idea is to keep this one short and simple. <laughs> we don't want to go for 45 minutes. Um, okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope I know it. So this one's very kitchen related. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it because we just had Thanksgiving and we actually didn't use this utensil except for melting butter. What do you think we used to melt butter? Microwave. Yep. Cause we're lazy. Plus all the burners were pretty full. Mm. So there was a time when our microwave went and instead of just saying we need a new microwave, Ellie said, it's a certain component of it. And she said, we'll just replace this. And yeah, but the replacement part ended up being more expensive than just getting a new microwave. So I thought it'd be fun to see. Which is a nice story on capitalism in America. So anyways, we should talk about what is in a microwave, more about what a microwave is, how it works, all the maybe components that exist in a microwave and see what you should know because you did some research on this. I mean, we're Uh, going back. A really long time ago. I couldn't tell you all of the parts of a microwave, but I know how a microwave works and I know what broke on our microwave. There you go. Well, and that was so funny because when you talked about what broke, I said, how do you know this? Who knows this? Well, it was funny because too, because when I was telling my dad, he also knew it. But I think it's because the name is so like iconic that you learn it in school and you usually don't forget it. And it's if a part's going to break, but the light is still working like on the screen, it's probably this. Was this in grade school or was this college? I guess it must have been in college. Okay, so. But the piece of our microwave that broke and like the major part of the microwave is the magnetron. I and thought it, it was sounds, a joke. It sounds like such a stupid thing to call it, like a joke thing or like a Marvel comic. Yep. So that's why you never forget it once you know it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I know why, and I'm sure you know why microwaves heat up food. Um but I don't necessarily know why it needs a magnetron in it to work. Yeah, I don't know. But what the, the so if does. I if I give some if I back up a little bit and talk about how our microwave how we realized it was broken, the only reason we realized it was broken is because everything else was working except it wasn't heating anything up. So it was spinning around in the tray. Yeah. The timer was counting down. Yep. Everything was working perfectly. Everything's working. Lights it, working. Except when we put something in for a minute and it came out a minute later, it was Mm -hmm. exactly the same. Yeah. So that's how it was really easy to troubleshoot because like if it had been like a faulty wire or something, the screen wouldn't have worked or wouldn't have spun or it wouldn't have had the light on inside of it. So that's how you know that that's the magnetron. Um, But essentially the... The frequency that microwaves are at, which is just another frequency on the spectrum that I always talk about. I couldn't tell you exactly what it is, but I know it's like around two gigahertz. And I only know that because it causes a lot of interference with Wi-Fi. But the waves are a router? No. (laughs) (laughs) The waves are at a resonant frequency with water molecules. Yeah. So, so the waves cause um, like the turbulence with water molecules. And because food and liquids all have water content to them, Genetic they start to energy. Yeah. They start to cook them. This is kind of like jumping on. You could cook an egg in a microwave. And people do it. Yeah. It comes out rubbery usually, but 
Well, they have those little like egg pots that you can get on as seen on TV. So you're saying that the microwaves at two gigahertz, the same as Wi-Fi. I'm going to have to double check that. But they I create some so. entropy mm-hmm. and that results in kinetic energy of the water molecules, which causes heat that heats up the food. Oh, my God. Joey, that sentence was very dense. Okay. Um, <laughs> so kinetic energy is like if you're sitting still, that's what kind of energy? Potential. Potential. So we're just sitting. But then as soon as we start shaking our arms and whatnot, that's kinetic. And Do then, you remember the formula? And then entropy is, low entropy is chaos or a lack of chaos. So we're just sitting still. We're not bumping into each other. But then as you increase kinetic energy, you're increasing the entropy, the chaos, the disorder. So then we're going to start bumping into each other like the molecules of water will. Can I guess the formula? I think I remember it. For kinetic and potential? I think I remember it for um, kinetic, and I know that you said it equal to whatever the potential is, and basically add the height. The height? So I remember the formula being, for kinetic, being one-half mv squared. Pretty sure that's right. And then I think potential was basically taking the velocity out and replacing it with the height. So, like, if there's a ball at a tall height, it has the same potential energy that it'll have at the beginning when it's dropped. But you factor in. (laughs) Does this make sense? Vaguely, because I see your hands moving. Oh. um, (laughs) Basically, kinetic and potential energy are equal to each other right before the ball is dropped or once it's dropped. So, like, when you were given problems in school, it'd be like how much potential energy does this ball have at this height with this weight and then no kinetic and potential they're opposite from each other so if you throw a ball if you're holding a ball then the potential energy is high and the kinetic energy is zero and then when you're at the top it's the same but it's like somewhere in the middle where the kinetic energy and the potential energy are starting to reach equilibrium it's that halfway point remember that no i do remember that but i'm just saying like if if air resistance is negligible, the potential and kinetic will always equal the same total amount. It's just which one has more of that total amount at a certain time. Please click the description box below to see a proper <laughs> and beautiful diagram or video of how we of got how onto this topic. We're talking about the water molecules and the energy that they induce. Oh, you started talking about energy and I wanted to see if I remembered the formula. Let's kick it back to to magnetrons. So what does the magnetron do? Do you remember? But I told you I didn't remember what the magnetron did. If I had to guess. Yeah, that's what this is called. I should know this, not that I guaranteed. Magnetron, magnetron, magnetron. So magnetos are stored inside. Oh no? Okay. (laughs) I would assume that it's inducing a magnetic field. Like I always assume, but I don't know why it would need to do that. I guess to then generate the microwaves, but I don't, I would have to fact check it. I, I don't think know. there's a very complicated process to how a mag, how a microwave works. I think the, the fundaments of how it works are kind of simple with the, the materials involved or the the components that's the word i was looking for yeah i think what the question i want to answer that i kind of always kind of freak out about is why you can't put metal in a microwave 
Is it just because it has such a low water content, it freaks out? But you could put cardboard in there and it wouldn't be fine. Well, because there is some moisture in cardboard. That's right. It's, it's very low. Okay, but you can put in like um, glass and it's fine. Yeah, because that's not a conductive material. But is but that why metal can't be in there? Good question. Good okay, question, Alisa. I guess I got to look this one up. <laughs> How did this get back on me? This is a topic for you. <laughs> okay, I think we got a fact check. But that is interesting. I think it probably has to do something with, yeah, the fact that it high potential or how has a high conductivity that causes, you know, CDs to explode and tin foil or aluminum foil to Though I did once leave up. my spoon in the queso and put it in the microwave and it didn't break it. Doesn't it arc? Yeah, but I think it, so the reason a fork. It's like a lightning bolt. Yeah, so the reason a fork can't go in there but a spoon can is because the spoon has less surface area. Like it has less cuts in it. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, it definitely has more surface area, but it has less oh. pointy. Yeah. If you think of a fork and a spoon, a fork has more. They basically have the same size on the outside, but then you're going in and out, in and out, in and out with a fork versus a spoon, which is smooth. Huh. It, I, okay, so the other thing we have to fact check <laughs> now is whether a fork has more surface area than a spoon. These are the, the fun facts at the end. This <laughs> isn't the, um, the fact check per se. Okay. Well, I think we should fact check. So we decided that it was better to fact check ourselves because we know the topics instead of having the other person fact check for us where they might have to check in with us to understand what's going on. Right. So let's start with milk and why it actually is white. So the whiteness is due to the scattering of light by the particles of the milk emulsion. So I was I was relatively right about it. You were. And the refractive index of a solution is dependent on the refractive index of the solvent. In this case, water is 1.330. And the particles in the milk solution are a refractive index of 1.338. The micelles are the primary contributor to the higher refractive index of milk compared with water. And that's that light scattering that causes the particles, blah, blah, blah. So I, I just <laughs> forgot to mention light scattering. I think that's all I needed to say. Well, isn't refraction light scattering? Yeah. So but you just said it with a different word? Yeah. So, I mean, refraction, though, can be still transparent, but it's the fact that it scatters it in a bunch of different directions that makes it white, whereas, mm. you know, you can have a refractive index of a clear solution like castor oil or, you know, just a sunflower oil or anything like that that gives you a, a clear solution. But as soon as you start adding you know, droplets of water or other things, and it's going to start to turn white because then it's scattering that light not in one direction, all over the place. What I think is interesting about what you said with the emulsions is that almost every emulsion that I could think of is, like, kind of creamy white. I mean, yeah, it's always going to be white unless they add color. So when you look at, like, lotions, for example, a topic I might know something about... <laughs> The only way you're going to have it colored is if it's an unnatural color. Like, let's say you have a lot of oils that are yellow. You'll get like a yellow lotion. Or if somebody decides to color it and make it pink or blue or whatever fun color they're deciding on. But even like salad dressings and stuff, when you mix it, I feel like it gets creamier. When it's an emulsion, it's like creamy versus... Like white creamy. Yeah. Cream yeah. is like white. Well, white is white. Cream is cream. It's uh, off-white. <laughs> so all emulsions will be white. Um, <laughs> Asking really you a different thing. 
Yeah, really, <laughs> really beautiful emulsions are going to be very white. Whereas the worse the emulsion is, the less white it's going to be. It's going to be more yellowish. Mm-hmm. And then occlusivity is a word. Just for the fact, <laughs> for the facts, we have that. For the facts. All set and done. Um, I did look up some of your topic about kinetic energy and whatnot, but if you want to talk about the microwaves, let's get to it. Okay. I mean, it's actually a really interesting um, technology, and there's a lot to say (laughs) about it, but I'm going to try and keep it brief. Um, Thank you. Some of the interesting factoids, as Joey likes to say, about microwaves is that it was the same it's it is the same technology that's used for radar so for radar for planes and things like that that's crazy it's this, a that. magnetron is used in that as well but what changes the frequency or wavelength of the waves formed is like how the magnetron is constructed so like that is the element that determines the wavelength and everything and it's taking electrical um power and turning it into um into like the microwave <laughs> frequency so it's an electric electromagnetic field sure um so i have a very simple explanation in front of me if you well, want me to oh, of, of that do you want me to use it well i was gonna go into how they how they discovered it which some people might know but it's kind of funny okay yeah please so the the guy that's credited with inventing microwaves used to heat up food is this guy Percy Spencer that was working on a magnetron for radar after World War One, or was it two? What year was it? That would tell me. <laughs> well, I don't have the year in front of me, but basically he was working on a magnetron for radar, and he had a chocolate bar in his pocket, and it melted, and what? then he was like. <laughs> he was like, oh, I can use this technology for food. How do you know it was the magnetron and not just? The warmth of his pocket that caused it. I don't... You know? Well, I think it just melted so thoroughly and so quickly. Sure. I mean, he's a scientist. He has to put two and two... Actually, he was an electrical engineer. Whoa. (laughs) If only those electrical engineers were smart. (laughs) If only I could come up with a better way to eat chocolate. (laughs) Um, Some other interesting facts is that microwave is the name for like a huge range of uh, wavelengths. So microwave is also the wave that you use in your cell phone. Um, well, I mean, yeah, sure, it's micro. But you can't use your cell phone to heat up food because it's not high-powered enough. I thought you were going to say there's no magnetron. Is there a magnetron? Um, that's a different question. Yeah, no, that's probably diving, <laughs> going down the wrong hole. Okay, um, do you want to go? You can say your really quick one now because I was going to go into some other facts, but... Yeah, so I was just going to, I looked up the energy transformation in a microwave Mm -hmm. and the very simple explanation that we'll we'll link in the description is the microwave oven transforms electrical energy energy into microwaves, a type of electromagnetic energy. Mm -hmm. The microwaves are transformed into thermal energy as they are absorbed by the popcorn kernels. Popcorn kernels being the example for popcorn, but you could use it for pasta or anything because it's the the water like Ellie said. So the other interesting fact that I thought of because it's like this huge thing on Tumblr where like British people are get they get really upset with Americans for heating up our water for tea in microwaves. Okay. Um and it's actually I look like it's heating up water in a microwave it is much less efficient than heating up water in a kettle. 
Is that why they get mad at us? No, I doubt it. But I think they get mad because of like the tradition. But then after looking it up, it's like, yeah, Americans are being more wasteful by heating it up in a microwave. Because microwaves, based on their size, can only get up to like a few centimeters into food, which is why when you get food uh, like frozen dinners, they have almost the same amount of sitting time as they do microwaving time because the microwave's only heating up like up to a certain centimeter in and then the rest of the food is getting heated by the warm food around it. So from radiation, which is what the microwave is using to heat up that portion, to conduction, which is what you use in like a regular oven. So here's a factoid I learned, and it was more of like a kitchen hack, was if you have a circular takeaway dish and you have pasta in there and you heat it up, you know how the middle doesn't get it still is cooler than the outside. Mm -hmm. So they said make a hole in the middle, kind of like it was like a bagel or something, Mm -hmm. and then heat the food. And then this way it heats the outside of the bagel, quote unquote, and the inside of the bagel. Mm -hmm. And then that's how you get thorough heating. Or just like stir your food in between time if you've ever made queso. But I mean, if you just like spread it out a little bit and you leave a gap in the middle, Mm -hmm. that's like the most efficient way to heat up all your food without having to reheat. If you have a choice... That was always always knuckle, use, by the way. Always use a larger plate than having your food deeper in the same plate. Does yeah, you're saying sense? shallow, deep. Uh, it's shallow. all about that surface area. Exactly. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. Also, putting a cup of water in is a good way of making sure your food doesn't dry out. Yeah, like with bread, you could take frozen bread and then put it in the microwave with some water. Don't microwave pizza, by the way. We have a much better way to do that. <laughs> I'm kind of... I think you should use both for pizza because the way that you're thinking sometimes like you're just not cooking it long enough. Okay, we're going to go into that later. We don't. I want to go over some other facts about microwaves. Um, The reason that you can put a spoon in and not a fork is because when um, it's pointy, all of the electrons go to that point. So it's collecting all of the energy in that one location so it's like a taser no it's like it actually it it becomes like um an antenna okay stun gun what that's (laughs) i don't know how those works i'd have to look i'd have to look it up the energies are at the two points of the gun and then you push the button and then it creates the arc yeah so drops you the fun fact about that is that because the metal heats up so quickly there are companies that use that to the their benefit so if you think of like the hot pocket thing that you put it in hot pocket that's actually like they don't sponsor us just so you know not not yet at least not a plug we haven't had hot pockets in it's for me it's been a few years but i used to eat them all the time shout out to my bros who used to crush them with me i'm a big fan of hot pockets we should have some we should tonight great for after thanksgiving dinner there you go anyways so hot pockets and a lot of like tv dinners actually have a very thin film of metal so that it can like heat everything more evenly than with just the microwaves bouncing around in there but yeah you don't want to use like aluminum foil or things like that if it's crinkled that counts as pointy because it's just giving a lot of like little edges for the electrons to collect okay. okay and then i could go more into what's actually inside of a magnetron but it's very technical and i think the image helps a lot so i'll link in the show notes how a magnetron is built but it's basically a big anode and cathode and that's a whole other that's the positive side and the negative side Mm -hmm. creating electromagnetic fields 
Mm-hmm. See the see the picture. I can't. I haven't even seen it yet, so I'm not gonna even try to explain it. Yeah. Um. So that that's like a a good overview. I do wanna um just give the wavelength of microwave so that people understand how because I was wrong. It's not like 2.4 gigahertz. Oh no. Well, it is 2.4, that's but that's why I can't not. Be a router. It it is. Imagine, and it's not at the same time. If imagine if someone sense. efficiently made a microwave and a router into one device. That's awful. Don't even say that. That'd be such a good idea. So microwaves. I'm going to patent it first. All right. Are you finished? Go for it. <laughs> okay. A wavelength of a, of a microwave is one millimeter to one meter long, which means that its frequency is anywhere between 300 gigahertz and 300 megahertz. So technically... Wi-Fi is a microwave, but it's just not high-powered enough to heat stuff up. But aren't those 2.4 gigahertz? So how is that? Well, I, the range here went from gigahertz to megahertz, so it is in between those two. You said 300 gigahertz. 300 to all the way down to 300 mega. Giga is bigger than mega. Yeah. So oh, you said it went down to between. mega. Got it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just want to, do you want to hear all the different uh, categories of the electromagnetic spectrum? No, we should save that for one of the questions that might come up eventually down the road some years from now, because it'd be weird if I asked it next week. Okay, but did that answer all your microwave questions? I think so. The one thing we're definitely going to use is the microwave for heating up all the leftover turkey and the green bean casserole. Oh my God, I'm still dreaming but about But don't put that. a huge clunk of, of turkey in there, because it's only going to heat the outside. No, exactly. Okay. And then some of the sweet potato. Ooh. And... That's Joey. (laughs) And that's about it for I Should Know This. If you have any suggestions or if you want us to cover any topics, leave it in the Google Google form. And we will read that eventually. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And feel free to rate us and comment below somewhere. (laughs) This was I Should Know This with Joey and Ellie.